Recorded live.
brought us on down to capital B in our outline, fulfilled scriptures. Fulfilled scriptures. We must keep in mind that the scripture must be fulfilled. If you ever want to find out what's going to happen, check the scripture because the scripture will be fulfilled. We looked at Isaiah 53 and 7 earlier today. It brings us on down to Isaiah, excuse me, 61, verses 1 and 2. Isaiah 61, verses 1 and 2. From the New International Version, our scripture reads, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and release from darkness for the prisoners. Capital B, fulfilled scriptures. Let us pray. Father, in Jesus' mighty name, we again, we thank you, Father, for today's activities. We thank you, Father, for life, health, strength, and every good and perfect gift that you have bestowed upon us. We give you glory, honor, and praise, Father. You have done more for us than we can imagine or even fathom. This is why we pause reverently to just appreciate you, to glorify you, to exalt you. Pray, Father, that as we study to show ourselves approved unto you, that you give us once again wisdom, knowledge, and understanding, that we may meditate, <coughs> excuse me, on your word both day and night. Give us a word, Father, that we may meditate on, that we may slowly digest into our spirit, man, words that uh, as heaven and earth pass away. Words that will last or stand forever. We trust, Father, <clears throat> you are going to speak to us this evening. Share something with us from your storehouse of wisdom that we may eat and be satisfied. Do these things for us, Father, and we'll be very careful to continue to glorify you. And give your name all the praise, the honor, and the glory. This is our prayer. We count done in Jesus' mighty name. We pray. Amen. And amen. Isaiah 61 deals with the Lord, the year of the Lord's favor. Now, the nation of Israel <clears throat> had been suffering, had been going through a number of different challenges. There were political upheavals in Isaiah's day, much like the, the day we are living in today. You know, we, we are living in a day and a time where there is wars and rumors of wars, the signs of the end of the days are all around us, earthquakes in various places, famine, you've got uh, 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 ISIS, the Islamic uh, state that is pressing different parts of the, the world to, to put together a state where uh, basically uh, Islamic law is the, the rule of thumb, they're pressing uh, very hard in many countries in the Middle East just, just disregarding old boundary lines and countries, and they're just coming in and, and, and carving out space for themselves. And they're saying that this is the Islamic state here, and they're just trying to take over as much as they possibly can. So, you know, uh, political upheaval is nothing new. It was going on in Isaiah's day. It's going on in our day. But in spite of all of the political shakeups and mix-ups that were taking place uh, 
thousands of years low, as well as things that are taking place today. The year of the Lord's favor still uh, <coughs> stands firm. And what, what does God want us to understand? That with all of the adversary and his children are doing and trying to do, God is still on the throne, and God is still going to restore those uh, at the appointed time that have been destined to be restored, and, and his favor is still going to manifest. You can still find the Lord's favor even in the midst of turbulent and troublesome times. And the Spirit of God speaks to us through the prophet Isaiah, words that Jesus even spoke when he went back to Nazareth. And we're talking about fulfilled scripture because this was a prophetic utterance that Isaiah was giving that, that the Messiah would say. Well, when Jesus came on the scene, he went back to Nazareth. It's what he jumped up in the temple and began and jumped up, jumped up in, in Nazareth and began to share with the people that the Spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. Now, when we look at this here, you're going to see one of the ways you can test and see whether or not the spirit of the Lord is on you is are you, do you feel compelled to preach the good news to the poor? If not, then you might want to check your spirit. Because when the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on you or in you or motivating you or unctioning you and leading you, it's going to compel you to preach good news to the poor. Well, does that mean everybody's going to be in the pulpit? No. Does that mean everybody's apostle? No. But that means that you're going to, be, you're going to feel compelled. The spirit of God is going to compel you to share this glorious gospel with somebody. You're not going to tell me that the Spirit of the Lord is in you and you don't feel compelled to tell nobody about Jesus. You don't feel compelled to tell no wayward soul about salvation. and a, You don't feel compelled to try to lead anybody out of darkness and into the marvelous life. You might better check what spirit is on you, what spirit is in you. The spirit, because the Lord has anointed me, understand you have been anointed to preach good news to the poor. You say, Apostle, what does that mean? I know a lot of you all out there listening to me. You're poor in spirit. I ain't talking about financially. Just like you can be poor physically, whatever you can be physically, you can be spiritually. Some of you understand my voice, you're not only poor physically. Some of you understand my voice, you're poor physically, but you're rich spiritually. Paul talked about having how, how as apostles, having nothing yet making many rich. Paul said, look, I ain't got no whole lot of money. But I'm making many people rich. How? Spiritually. Paul said, look, I know what God has deposited in my spirit. I ain't got a whole lot of money. But I know I'm rich spiritually. So Jesus here, when Jesus quotes these, quotes these same words thousands of years or hundreds of years later, says the spirit of the Lord is upon me or is on me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. We got to understand that they, you can be you can be rich physically, and be poor spiritually, suffering all, miserable all in your marriage, miserable all in your in your your life, just miserable. Got plenty of money, plenty of money, plenty of nice clothes, plenty of nice things, but you poor spiritually. Well, the spirit of God want to change that. 
He did. Understand this. You, you might be poor. You know, Jesus even said the poor you have with you always. Well, he wasn't always. He wasn't also. He wasn't always only talking about financially. Mm-hmm. In other words, there's always some folk that need to hear a word from God. You all out there, you wonder. Some of you out there, you wonder why you keep right on tuning in. Why you got to keep right on tuning in? Why you got to keep right on listening? Why? Because you you might not know. I know exactly why. Just like I know exactly why a piece of metal go, go to a magnet. The words Jesus say that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. A lot of you out there, you're looking for life. You want to hear the words of life. Metal, a piece of metal can't help itself when a magnet come around. A piece of metal just start going. Start going. See, I know that you got you out there under the sound of my voice. I don't care what color you are. I don't care what kind of money you got in the bank. I don't care what your occupation is and what your educational background is. You have got eternity in your heart. And whether you know it or not, the eternity, the Bible says God has set eternity in the hearts of men, but they cannot fathom it. The eternity that's in your heart is drawn to the eternity, the eternal words of God that God has given me to speak to you. You might, you don't even know. You ain't got to know. You ain't got to know. Metal don't know why it got to get to the magnet. It's just something about the composition of metal that says I got to get to the magnet. I can't even help myself. I can't even help myself. It, 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 the very makeup of me, metal says the very makeup of me got to get the magnet. You might not out there understand my voice. You don't even might don't even know why. Well, I know why. Okay, God know why. Eternity is in your heart, and eternity is drawn to eternity. Eternity is drawn to eternal words. Oh, you don't watch enough TV, you don't see enough movies, you don't read enough magazines. Your soul, your the very essence of who you are, has got to hear a word from God. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, or on me. He's anointed me. See, Isaiah said, "I'm anointed." Jesus said, I'm anointed. I'm saying to you, I'm anointed. I know exactly what I'm carrying. You might not. The people in Isaiah's day, they didn't really know all of what I did. People in Jesus' day, they didn't really know what, but Isaiah said, I'm telling you, I'm anointed. Jesus said, look, I'm trying to tell you all here in Nazareth, I'm anointed. I'm an- Jesus said, look, Isaiah said, look, Apostle Brian said, look, I'm anointed to deal with your problems. I'm anointed to help you out of your mess, whether you know it. We've not done tonight, children of God. <laughs> I'm hearing the Spirit of God say, look, I'm not being con- conceited. I'm not being arrogant. I'm just telling you what I got. I know what I got. Spirit of God says, I'm, I'm, I'm anointed. The Lord has anointed me. I'm going to have to preach that. The Lord, when the Lord has anointed you, that means that you are specially gifted by God to deal with something. You are specially gifted by God to do something. Isaiah said, I'm anointed by God to preach. I know I'm anointed by God to preach. Tell my God, ain't no way in the world I could get up here and, 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 and do this right here without some anointing, without God's anointing. Isaiah said, I'm anointed to preach. You need to understand what you're anointed to do. And if the Spirit of God is in you, you are anointed to preach. You've got to keep that in mind. You're anointed to preach good news to the poor. There's poor people out there in the Spirit that need to hear. 
might have all kind of smiles on their face, might be driving fancy cars and be miserable on the inside. Why is it we having more? Why are we having? God say, Robert, ask them, ask them. Because some of them come just as confused as they can be. Why is it we got, we got more mass shootings in the United States than we had days in the year so far? That was something I read. I think I was in Nigeria or something. Eric kept turning around. I'm like, you mean to tell me in this great country, United States, supposedly one of the leading countries in the world, we ain't got sense enough to take guns away from people. We got more mass shootings. I think that when I read it, it was like we, we, had, we had gone about 300 and some, 300 and about 20 days, and we had had about 355 mass shootings in the United States. A mass shooting, uh, more than one mass shooting a day, and we and our leaders ain't got sense enough to take the guns from people. Oh, we got the right to bear arms. Yeah, okay, have a musket like they did when they wrote that. You had your musket. Take you about a minute and a half between rounds. You don't need no semi-automatic weapon. For what? How do you need a weapon that will fire hundreds of bullets in a second? What do you, what possibly could you need that for? Police ain't even carrying that around. What in the world are you talking about right to bear arms? You do. Have you a musket? Have you a six-shooter? Or make, make guns that will fire one bullet. Are you bearing arms? Yes, there's your rights. The world do you need with a semi with semi-automatic and automatic weapons for what? He had sent me to bind up the broken heart. So you got you got to know you got to know the you got to know the parameters in ministry. I know a lot of you all out there understand my voice. Your heart's just as broken as they can be. God has sent me to bind up broken heart. There is a bomb in Gilead. God's word, you know, can't nothing cut you like God's word, but can't nothing heal you like God's word. We about done. We about done. To proclaim freedom for the captives. I know some of you out there on the sound of my voice, captive of sin. Sin tell you where to go. You can't even, you, you can't even stop it. Sin tell you what dudes go and do this, go do something crazy. You're captive. You're captive. God has given us a word that will take that will take sin captive. Instead of sin taking us captive, God's power, His word, His spirit will cause us to take sin captive and to release from darkness and release from darkness for the prisoners. See, sin is a sin. And under control of the evil one, that's a form of darkness. It's a form of blindness. You don't even know what you're doing. You out there, you ain't, you know, even as children of God, we, we prophesy in part and we know in part. But you out there unsaved, you don't even know what you're doing. Why? Because you're under control of the evil one. You don't know more about, know more about what you're doing. You out there on the side of my voice, you're not saved than a blindfolded man know where he's going. Once you put the blindfold on, where are you going? Spin him around two or three times and tell him to go. Now, where are you going? You don't. He don't know. But the same way you can be blind naturally, you can be blind spiritually. Anything you can be physically, you can be spiritual. You just like you can be strong physically, you can be strong spiritually. You can be weak and feeble physically. You can be weak and feeble. Whatever you can be physically, you can be. Spiritually. 
to proclaim, look at verse 2, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. God wants to let you know that the state you are in, you don't have to stay in. That God wants to let you know. See, and this is part of the anointing, to let people know that God has got some better days. God has got some better times. Bible says that with God now, the end of a thing is better than its beginning. The end of a thing with God. And this is why we want to be with God. Because things, as far as I'm concerned, Lord, things pretty good right now. Well, God say the end will be even better, Robert. Some of you all out there on the sound of my voice, you can't even really honestly say that things is, things is pretty good right now. And see, if you're not with God, things will get worse. See, hell is worse than whatever you're going through right now. I don't care what you're going through, what you're experiencing. Hell is worse. Hell is worse. Well, that's where you end up without God. But see, with God, God, God the end, our end will be better than our beginning. Our light and momentary afflictions, the scripture says, are achieving in us a far greater eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So God said, I'm going to let you go through some little light, momentary afflictions, little difficulties, little hardships here. And I'm even letting that work some things out in you, work some things through you for eternal glory. God says, I'm preparing you for eternal glory. To understand, children of God, that what we're going through, what we're experiencing, we are being prepared for eternal glory. Eternal beauty, eternal splendor, eternal so God said, I gotta work some things. I gotta work some things out. I gotta let these I gotta let these light and momentary afflictions straighten out a few things in y'all. Because God says, I'm preparing you for an eternal glory. God says, What I have for you, Robert, is so awesome that the only way I can I can really share it with you is that I reveal it by the Spirit. Because eyes haven't seen, ears haven't heard. Neither has it entered into the hearts of men. God says, what I prepare for those of you who love me, God says, but what I will do is I reveal it by my spirit. You say, Apostle, what are you trying to get to understand? So what we got to do in order for certain things to be revealed to us about what God is doing and what God is going to do and what God been doing, we got to have the spirit. What are we, what are we talking about this whole thing? The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me. See, when the spirit of the Lord is in you. The Spirit of God, God said, I can share some things with you. God said, look, there's a whole level of information that I can't even share with you without the Spirit. It's like a computer. Computer not online, you can do one or two things. But once you, once you get going, once you find the Internet, once you find a connection, oh, man. Now, what a computer can do when it's online compared to what a computer can do when it's offline is two different worlds. So it is with the Spirit. What you can do in Christ compared to what you could do outside of Christ, two different worlds. We're about to wrap this up. Why? Scripture must be fulfilled. The Bible says to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God. See, see, that's why we don't need to be trying to take vengeance on people. God said, I already got a day prepared, Robert. Don't get in my way. Don't get in my way. The day, what did the Bible say? The day, what? The day of vengeance of our God. God got a day prepared where he going he gonna, he gonna to take care of all of what needs to be taken care of. 
He already got a date. He already got it on on the calendar. You know, I'm I'm like I got like to mark things on the calendar, so I know when I gotta go. I know I need to know when I got programs in Nigeria. I need to know when I got programs in South Africa. I need to know when I got programs in Dubai or programs. I need to I gotta put the stuff on my calendar. You know, God said, look, I already got on my calendar the day when I'm God said when I'm gonna get everybody that need to be got. So we don't have to be, you know, wondering why it seems like the wicked is prospering, you know, and doing the seem like they do. Guys, mm, I already got guys. I already got a mark on my calendar in red. And when that day comes, it's gonna be such a terrible day for certain individuals that they're gonna be praying for death. They're gonna be wishing they could die. They're gonna be asking for mountains to fall on them. So, so all the scriptures got to be fulfilled. And watch this now. Watch this. And not only the day of vengeance of our God, but there's going to be a day of comfort for all who mourn. Sometimes the children of God, we got to mourn. We got to, on the songwriter say, we got to cry sometimes. We got to go through something. God says there's a day of comfort. Weeping may. I said this with one of the churches in Nigeria recently. On one pastor and church workers conference. I said, look, Bible says weeping may endure for a night. Now, what does that mean? That means that weeping may, and then it may not. God is not guaranteed that weeping is going to endure all night. It, he said it may. Now, what we got to understand is that whether weeping endure for a night or whether it don't, joy is coming in the morning. So hold on till morning. In case, if the weeping happens to go all through the night, don't rest assured that when the sun come up or when morning comes, joy is coming. Or if sometimes God can cut the weeping out, sometimes God can shut up all that all that weeping by 1130. 1130, you know, mess around, feeling some guy hurt, you know, and half the night by gone, then God be like, all right, shut it up, dry it up. <laughs> okay, and now you're fine. Didn't even endure. Weeping may. When something may, that means it also may not. You have to understand my voice. You may be saved, but then you may not. You know, we're going to do, do some more investigation. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. What's happening? So Jesus takes these same words, and we're going to close out. Let's go quickly to the book. I think it's Luke chapter 4. Thank God. I, I flipped right to it. Luke chapter 4, verse 18. They handed Jesus the scroll of the prophet Isaiah and was handed to him, unrolling it. Now, this is 800 years later. He found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he's anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, sat down. The Bible said the eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began by saying to them, watch this, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. 800 years of waiting, Jesus said, they are over. This scripture now is fulfilled. Jesus fulfilled this scripture right back in his hometown. And now through and by the spirit of God that he has given to us, this scripture is constantly being fulfilled. These things are constantly being done on a daily basis by those who have the spirit of the Lord. That the 800 years of waiting, Jesus says, over. <clears throat> Today, 
this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. And he said, Apostle, what are we talking about? Fulfilled scripture. Fulfilled scripture. Now, the thing you got to keep in mind is, is God fulfilling a scripture in your hearing or, or right in your generation or right in your sight, and you realizing that God has fulfilled the scripture are two different things because they didn't even realize that the scripture had been fulfilled. Jesus' disciples, on the third day after Jesus rose from the dead, disciples didn't see him. They were behind locked doors in Jerusalem, fear of the Jews. They didn't even realize that the scripture had been so no, it's not a matter. God said, "Look, the, the issue is not whether or not the scriptures fulfilled. The scriptures gonna be fulfilled. The question is, do you realize it? Do you recognize it? Do you discern it? Do you do you believe it? Question is not whether or not Jesus rose from the dead. That's a fact. Question is, do you believe it? See, your soul is riding on whether your eternal destination is riding on whether you have accepted that fact. Or you still question it. Well, uh, where's the proof, Apostle Bryant, that Jesus rose from dead? See, you keep right on with that. You carry that right on the hill with you. God got to reveal himself in you. When God, put it this way, when God reveal it to you, then you'll know, just like we know. Until God reveal it in you, you'll be questioning, how, how do I know? How do I know that Jesus really rose from the dead? How do I really know there's a God? How do I really know there's a God? You'll be asking all kind of stupid questions until God reveal it. But see, that'd be, that'd be real stuff to you until God reveal Christ in you. Then them stupid kind of stupid questions you won't be asking, Lord, I know it's a hell. Lord, I know I'm saved. You know, Lord, I, I, I know that. I know. When God reveal himself in you, there'll be, there'll be questions, stupid questions you won't have to ask. Because God will reveal them to the, the answers. He will reveal them to you and I by his spirit. Scriptures will be fulfilled. You, listen, I done the sound of my voice. You can't stop the scriptures from being fulfilled. Any more than, than the religious leaders could stop Jesus from raising, raising up from the dead on the third day. It's not possible. They couldn't stop Jesus. They sealed the tomb, put a great big old stone, put it in place, put the guard up there, everything they could do. But they could not stop Jesus from rising from the dead. Why? Because the scriptures had to be fulfilled. Father, in the mighty and the glorious name of Jesus Christ, again, we thank you. We praise you. We Adore you, we magnify you, we exalt you. You are God, and beside you there is none other. Thank you, Father, for everything you've shared with us, everything you've spoken to us, through us, and for us. We pray, Father, that you've been pleased with the words of our mouth, the meditations of our heart. We pray, Father, that you have been pleased with our worship this evening. We ask that as we leave this place of worship, may your spirit and your presence rest, rule, and abide henceforth, now, forevermore. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our life. And we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. These and all other blessings we ask in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. Question. All right, anything that, that, that takes place physically also takes place where? Question two. <laughs> You can be rich uh, physically and what spiritually, okay? Uh, 
captive? What will God's word and his spirit and his power cause us to take captive? Amen. Amen.